Welcome to the Night Echo Podcast, a show bringing you haunting tales from all over the internet and our very own strange reality. Join me, your host, Louise Knight, as we delve into a variety of myths, urban legends, ghost stories, and true crime. Stay tuned. Before we start today's episode, I wanted to add a trigger warning as the following cases we will be discussing will be containing triggering and sensitive topics including violence against animals, death and gore, sexual assault, and mental illness. If these sensitive topics may trigger you, please click out of this video now. Thank you. Special thank you to my Ate Hershey for this listener suggestion. Uh, she basically said that this case lives rent-free in her mind, and I'm sure that it will for you too. Let's get started. There is actually so much to unpack in this case that I really didn't know where to start. So it's probably best to start at the beginning. Luca Magnata, born Eric Newman, from Ontario, Canada. He came from a poor family. His mom was 16 years old at the time, and his father, 17. His father later left, and Magnata would go to live with his grandparents. After some time, however, his grandparents also split up. Watching interviews of his mom honestly gives me the chills. It's like she's unaware of reality, and not in a good way. But I digress. It was said that he was bullied in school for being shy, gay, and poor. It didn't seem like he got along with his classmates, and he would later drop out of grade 11. When asked, People from his school would describe him as quiet and didn't really stand out too much. Basically, many people said he was a forgettable person. After dropping out of school, he would earn money by becoming a stripper, an escort, and would act in gay pornography. In 2005, he was convicted of fraud and impersonation after stealing the identity of a woman he met online and purchasing $10,000 worth of goods under her name. Worse, he took advantage of her because she had a disability, and he would later then sexually assault her. The charges of the assault were later dropped, presumably due to the bias towards people with disabilities. Oddly enough, Magnata expressed an interest in becoming a homicide detective. A video on YouTube by Dr. Todd Grande, um, which I will include in the show notes and will also be watchable on the show's blog. Um, he basically says, quote, A desire in police work is fairly common among people who will become serial killers. Unquote. By 2007, he would audition numerous times and failed each time to become a reality TV star. He would even go as far as getting plastic surgery to alter his appearance. So as you can tell, he was craving fame 
and tension. Magnata, under the guise of a fake profile, would start this weird rumor that he and Carla Homolka, a convicted killer and all-around fucked up person that I will probably talk about in a later episode, um, but that he and Carla Homolka were in a relationship just so he could call up the news station to deny the allegations. Well, this is just um, an example of him doing anything just to get some screen time. Magnata, it seemed, was so in love with himself, one of his favorite pastimes was to create and post photo montages of himself onto YouTube. Also, the song True Faith by New Order would often be playing in the background. This bit of information does become relevant later on. At this point in 2010, Magnata was very desperate for the fame that he was working very hard to obtain. This is when he would release videos of him harming kittens. Something called Vacuum Kitty Killer. Then another two were released by December of that year. He did really horrible things to these kittens. I won't get into too crazy detail, um, but there is one video where he apparently tapes a kitten to an end of a pole, then drowns it. Of course, these videos were promptly taken down, but man, there's just something really wrong with people who harm animals, even more so when they film it and put it on the internet for the world to see. Ever since the start of YouTube, a bunch of weird shit has come out. Most harmless, while others are messed up beyond belief. Doing more research, I found out that the term don't fuck with cats was actually a popular term on the internet. This was probably because people will hunt you down and find out who it is that's messed up enough to harm a helpless animal. Speaking of Don't Fuck With Cats, if you've watched it on Netflix, you'll know that the main people being interviewed were so-called internet sleuths. Interestingly enough, I watched an interview from about six years ago where their identities were anonymous. Do you know that thing where shows, that thing where they protect people's identities so it looks like shadow people are talking? So that's that's basically what I saw in that interview. Um, but watching Don't Fuck With Cats, I could totally tell that that was the, the main lady and the other guy. So it's kind of interesting how things have changed now. So yeah, anyways, a Facebook group was made and gained 4,000 followers, all in an effort to find out who the hell is fucking with these cats. In 2011, a smaller group of people from that same Facebook group would then form an even closer bond as they were more determined to find the scumbag. They eventually discovered the videos Magnata was posting, and it had many similarities to the kitten killing videos, primarily his use of the song True Faith in the background. There was also a growing worry that Magnata would escalate to human victims next. Their initial investigation suggested that Magnata's photos were taken and posted in the Toronto, Canada area. The group contacted Toronto SPCA and told them about the videos they found, 
along with the name of a suspect. This information was later brought to the attention of the police. Upon reviewing Magnata's videos on YouTube, one particular photo seemed to catch their eye. It was the streetlight. Most streetlights in Canada are yellow in color and usually are more circular. However, the ones in this photo were black and more square. Not to mention the lamppost looked a little different too. He wasn't in Toronto. Magnata was in Montreal. The unfortunate thing for the sleuths was actually getting someone from the Montreal Police Department to listen to them. I mean, just because the Toronto Department took them seriously didn't mean all the police would. It sucks because you can actually tell how hard these people attempted to get in touch with law enforcement. It's not like they had baseless claims. They had actual evidence. Constant tweets, messages, anything and everything they could, but they got nothing. May 25th, 2012, an 11-minute video titled One Lunatic, One Ice Pick was uploaded to bestscore.com. In the video, it shows the body of a naked male tied to a bed frame. From what I could gather, the video at first shows this person alive, um, but then it does cut to a scene where they are already dead. The tied up man is then stabbed repeatedly by what looks to be an ice pick, followed by a kitchen knife. The body is further defiled and then dismembered. A dog is also seen in the video, and um, I do believe that the dog gets killed later on. In the background, the song True Faith can be heard. There also is a movie poster for Casablanca on the wall. All just so sick, really. There are also many similarities between this snuff video and a scene in the movie Basic Instinct, where someone does get stabbed with an ice pick. It seems Magnata just wanted to be the star of his own movies, and it seems he was going to do anything to make that happen. May 29th, 2012. The Conservative Party of Canada receives a severed left foot. Another package, this one containing a left hand, was found at a Canada Post on its way to the Liberal Party of Canada. A locked, abandoned suitcase was found in the alleyway by a janitor. He thought it was weird for someone to leave a suitcase locked if they were just gonna throw it out anyways. He also noted a weird smell and maggots coming from the top. Police were called, and that's when they found a decomposing torso. In total, 33 bags of trash were found containing random items pertaining to the crime. There was also CCTV footage showing a brunette man with long hair making multiple small trips to the garbage room. Police initially thought that the victim was Magnata, as they found receipts with his name and address on them. And because they didn't listen to the one group that was desperately trying to reach them, 
They thought Magnata was the victim and not the suspect. Could you imagine how frustrating this would have been to see unfold? Like, this group had him. They have his name. What the actual hell. Sadly, the victim was later found and confirmed to be 33-year-old Lin Jun, an international student from Wuhan, China, who was studying at Concordia University for Engineering and Computer Science. He also worked part-time as a convenience store clerk. He was a hard worker and had such a bright future ahead of him. He had been living in Canada for a year and had close friends as well. He was not openly out of the closet, but he did have an ex-boyfriend. It was said that Magnata and Lin Jun may have met on Craigslist. There is CCTV footage that shows the two entering Magnata's apartment. A video after then shows Magnata wearing Lin Jun's t-shirt. I mean, of course, this was probably because his own had blood from killing him. He then came back with a plastic bag of what is assumed to be gloves and things to clean with. It was odd to his boss and friends to not hear from Lin Jun. His friends got so worried that they reached out to his mother in China to see if she had heard from him. She hadn't. They reported him missing on May 29th. On May 30th, police finally named Luca Magnata as their main suspect. Wanted for homicide. And like a coward, of course, he goes on the run. More packages of the victim's severed body parts were mailed to different schools. If you were growing up in Vancouver during 2012, I think you'll totally remember how scary it was hearing this happen. Magnata was spotted in Paris on June 3rd, later being apprehended by authorities in Berlin on June 4th. And of course, like the narcissist that he is, Magnata was caught in an internet cafe while reading news articles about himself. He was extradited to Canada where he was charged with first-degree murder, a charge he would plead not guilty to. His lawyers tried to argue that he was having a psychotic break and that he had paranoid schizophrenia, just like his father. Reports I read said that this was later debunked and was proven that Magnata had taken drugs to induce schizophrenic-like behavior in the past. Magnata was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison with the possibility for parole after 25 years. And I'd like to remind you that this is just a possibility for parole. I was reading a lot of comments on some videos I were watching that got really annoyed at this. Um, but just because there's a possibility doesn't mean you are automatically granted parole. So he could literally die in jail. And hopefully he does. There is a really messed up theory that I don't believe in, but I'll bring up anyways and because it is something that I have read, and that is that Lin Jun had agreed to be killed by Magnata. I have heard of this situation happening before. I think kind of like a fetish thing? I don't know. Um, but 
to me, it's just honestly so hard to believe. Like, if this was the case, why not get that on record? You know, like, why not make a contract? Or there's even a theory uh, questioning why Lin Jin didn't Google uh, Magnata or just look him up. Who honestly Googles someone when they're about to date them? I mean, I can't speak from experience, so I wouldn't be able to tell you, but... I mean, I can't believe the audacity people have to victim blame in this case. But anyways... Elise Magnata is in prison, and hopefully he stays there for the rest of his life. He apparently tried to make a case recently that it wasn't safe for him to stay in prison during the pandemic. However, almost all the people who ended up with COVID in the prison fully recovered. So yeah, he's gonna stay right where he is. This case was honestly a total clusterfuck. I'd like to take some time to remember the victim, Lin Jun. It's horrible that his life had to end just because of some fame-hungry, horrible, horrible person. He had so much life ahead of him, so much more to experience. What's even worse is that his family was in a whole other country and only found out about the news of their son's passing through the world news, or from other people. His ashes were later sent back to his hometown, and he was reunited with his family once again. Thank you again to Ate Hershey for submitting this as a case for me to discuss on the show. I actually do have a couple of listener suggestions that I am saving for the right time to share as those kind of were a little bit similar. Um, but in the meantime, please share your suggestions or stories. Um, again, it didn't, it doesn't have to be your own personal stories. It could be a case that's been on your mind or a case that maybe you wanted to learn more of. Um, definitely let me know. Um, again, shameless plug for the show's new blog. Um, check it out. It looks cool. I'm working on it some more, um, but definitely take a look. Leave your suggestions. Thank you again. So with that, stay safe and take care. I'd like to thank you for joining me on this episode. If you like what you heard, it would really mean a lot if you could rate comment, and share. This show is available on Spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Have a story or suggestion you'd like to share? Send me an email at night.echopodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at night.echopodcast. Tune in every other Thursday for a new episode of the Night Echo Podcast.